Shut up and sit down. It's Armchair Quarterbacks. My name is JT. And I'm Aaron. And we are back here at the dining room table with the beautiful, uh, well, shades, because the, the shades are down, so we don't have the beautiful brick wall view anymore. Um, but we're back. Thank you guys for, for for listening again. You guys, uh, a lot of you liked the episode 12 with Haley, so thank you for that. And those of, those two of you who listened to the following episode, I love you. So let me ask, when you say a lot, what does that mean? Like, um, 10 people? Yeah, well... That's our average. So okay. a little over, a little over ten. Fair enough. Um, so I, I wanted to start out with some soccer news, so our German followers might like. Yeah, this. there we go. Unfortunately, I'm going to be talking about the men's national team. So I mean, the only thing that they have in relation to the men's national team is our our coach is German. So oh, well, there you go. Um, but I wanted to bring up Josie Altador. Hey, out six to eight weeks with. Another hamstring injury. Oh, I thought it was going to be he punched his wife. He will miss another tournament for the <laughs> national team. He'll miss the Copa America tournament in June. Uh, I'm so sick of hearing about Josie Altidore. So this happens a lot, I'm assuming? Yeah, he gets injured quite a bit. So he's like the... This is his third hamstring injury in four years. So he's like the football version of Rob Gronkowski. Well, no, because Rob Gronkowski is good. But he always gets hurt. Yeah, but Rob, around, like Rob, around the time when. But Rob Gronkowski's good. Oh, you're Josie making Altidore's a statement there, are you? Yeah. Okay. Just let me get in my. Sure. Um, I said it before on the podcast, and uh, uh, I've said it before on the podcast mm-hmm. um, that I'm done with him being on the national team. Yes. And I don't understand why people continue to think he's going going to be a good selection for the team. Uh, looking at the club level this year, he's played in eight games for Toronto FC. He has zero goals and two assists. On the national level, or I'm sorry, on the international level, uh, he does uh, he has two goals and two starts. Okay. okay. Um, Bobby Wood, for example, would be a better pick. Why? Bobby Wood just got promoted from the second tier German club Union Berlin, where in 30 games. Uh, started, he had 17 goals and 4 assists. That 17 goals is the most goals by an American in a German club. I thought you could only play for your country. Nation. Um, not at the club level. Oh, that's what you're talking about? Yeah. Okay. Um, so, he just got promoted to the... Well, I don't know if it's promoted or, or signed the contract yeah, it's with, weird. The, with the top tier... Um, side of Hamburg. They signed him to a four-year deal. Um, and I, I, I just think he's a better pick over uh, Jose Altidore every time. Another person you could go with is Jordan Morris. Um, I know he's just out of, out of uh, college, but um, the guy already has four goals and an assist in ten appearances with the Sounders. Nine of the, those ten were, were actual starts. Um, but still... Four goals and ten starts is better than Altidore's zero goals in eight games. So explain this to me because I'm not a soccer fan particularly, and I feel like that this might only be for the casual fan, but is that why, why why does everyone think he's so great? Is that just the casual fans thinking that because he's no, the name? No, no, no. A lot of the um, commentators and whatnot will look at him and, and think that he's going to be good. Um, he had a lot of... He's a He's a... Big guy. He's muscular. He's strong. Okay. He can fight guys off the ball. Okay. Sure. So uh, when you have that type of forward, he's, he can he has the potential of dominating the defense, right? Um, which he which Eltador does not do though. Mm. That's the problem because he's always getting hurt. He he's a guy oh. that um, I'm trying to think of a basketball player to to compare him to for you, but he's a big guy that doesn't use his his body. He doesn't use his strength. He's Andre Drummond, okay? Because Andre Drummond, he's great at getting rebounds. He doesn't block very much, though. Nope. He doesn't get too physical. No. So uh, I think that's a good comparison. Okay. Except for the fact that Andre Drummond actually does something really well, which is rebound. But then I guess, you know, he, he does something really poorly, which is, which is free throw. <laughs> so, you know, yeah. they balance out. So I think I think Andre Drummond's a good uh, comparison. Does, does he, um, does Josie, um, how old is he, do you know? 
Uh, I don't remember off the top of my head. 30s? We'll just say 30s? No, I think he's he's probably 25, 26. Oh, okay, because my next question was going to be, did he was he one of those sports figures where everyone thought he had tons of potential and then he never lived up to it? But since he's still in his mid-20s, I mean, I guess he still has poten- potential. He was born uh, November 6th, 1989, so he's 26. Hmm. Um, and something that has no relation to um, uh, sports at all. That's what the show's all about. But he is Wayne Brady's, I believe, cousin? What? Something like that? That's awesome. That's why people love him so much. Yeah. Well, no. No, it's not. <laughs> but no, um, like this year, he came back. He, he was injured. Whose he, ball is it anyway? He, he was injured. <laughs> Um, at the beginning of the the calendar year, <laughs> yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So he ended up um, going to uh, going and getting himself fit. He dropped a lot of weight. People thought that was going to be good. Okay, all these sorts of things. He ended up coming out doing nothing. <laughs> um, and another person that I, I think would be a good pick, although he's thirty three, so I can understand. And he's he's never had a real shot i don't i don't feel at the national team okay and that could be for good reason but but chris wondolowski he's 33 but in 11 games this year he has seven goals and two assists for the san jose earthquake nice. he's tied for second in the league for in goals nice there's three guys i believe it is with eight goals and uh he's he's tied in second with seven so uh yeah, I just think there's other people that we could be filling that spot with instead of the waste of space, Josie Altador. You got anything else on, on soccer? I know you're not a huge soccer guy, but... He just... Try... I, I, ah, man, it's hard for me to ask questions about him because, I, like you said, I don't watch him. Um, but... I, I'm having a hard time trying to understand why you think he's not... Good. Is that what you're saying? You don't think he's a good soccer player? He is the quintessential athlete who comes in with a lot of potential and never fulfills his potential. Okay. So like I said earlier. Yeah. So, you know, he he started in the MLS, uh, what, 2008, 2009 or something like that? He... It's young. So, so the way it's a really lot, young. The way a lot of these guys go is they, um, they start in the MLS, they have one or two really good years in the MLS, and then they go over to Europe and do whatever they do in Europe. Whether they're good or bad, it's relevant. The fact is they go over to Europe and play there. Okay. okay. So then, after they play in Europe, they come back to the MLS. Okay. Why? Clint Dempsey did it. Uh, Josie Altador did it. DeAndre Yedlin um, just went over to uh, uh, Europe to play. He'll probably come back near the end of his career. Um, I think some guys just want to come back home. Um, other guys um, are getting paid well by MLS teams. Oh, I mean that's why Dempsey came back. He got paid well. I mean David Beckham came over to the to the U.S. because no one else was going to give him the money that LA Galaxy gave. Well, why do they leave in the first place? They leave because the MLS has limited potential um, and limited competition, especially at the time that uh. like like Dempsey and Eltador were young. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, they've only got one tier, whereas if you get in the, for example, the English Premier League, there's four tiers. Um, so, so so Europe is... It's, it's kind of like the MLB, how you've got the MLB and you've got four... Yeah, I was going to say, it's like in, in American sports where most of our leagues and associations are the top tier, and so that's why players from around the world come here. Right. Europe is like that for soccer. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, by the way, all you pedants that are um, going to say there's not four tiers in the minor leagues. There's two different A um, leagues, so there are four tiers. Suck it. Um, anyway, so uh, I want to move on to some NHL news. Rock and roll. Um, I want to talk about, well, first of all, I'm, I'm looking at the score. Uh, San Jose is up on St. Louis 3 nothing. Nice. Um, today, and there's 10 minutes left in the game, so, I mean, you know, St. Louis could still lose the game. But as as it looks right now, uh, they're gonna go up two one in the series. San Antonio, but or San Jose, I mean. Yeah, that's what I said. No, you said St. Louis. Oh, uh, anyway, whatever. Um, but the thing I wanted to talk about was uh, Pittsburgh and Tampa Bay. Um, yesterday, going into Game Three, uh, Matt Murray, Tampa Bay's, or I'm sorry, Pittsburgh's backup goalie, okay, is playing because their starter is hurt. 
He was 8-3 in the playoffs with a 2.14 goals against average and a .928 uh, save percentage with one shutout. Both uh, both of those are very good numbers. I know you're not a big hockey guy. I, see, I was going to say that sounds like a bad number to me. You want to be around... The in, two point. In, in today's day and age, being around two goals against per game is pretty good. Okay. Um, when you start getting up to the two five, you're starting to push it. You definitely don't want to be three. Right. Like uh, like Jimmy Howard, mm. three goal Jimmy. Mm-hmm. That's that's our nickname for him. Sure. Um, so, but then and on uh, Andre Vasilevsky came in uh, in game one in injury relief of Ben Bishop. Um. He is one and one in the series. He ended up uh, winning that game, and then he lost game two. Um, he has a one point seven four goals against average and a point nine four seven save percentage. Those are fabulous numbers. It sounds like it, yeah. In game two, he had thirty eight saves on forty one shots. That's sixty three of he saved sixty three of sixty seven shots overall wow. in those two games. Both of these goalies are backups and playing way into the into a potential starting job with another team next year. Uh, Pittsburgh won last night, just so everyone knows. So um, as of the time that we're recording this, Pittsburgh is up in the series two to one, and in the Western Conference. Oh, uh, I just said that San Jose is gonna <laughs> looks like they're right. gonna take a two one lead. Uh, just a side note: Vasilevsky did give up four goals yesterday, okay, but he also made forty four stops. So the point. What I'm trying to make is last night wasn't his fault. Your team can't give up 48 shots in a non-overtime game. Sure. 48 shots on net in 60 minutes. Right. That is absolutely ridiculous. Almost a shot a minute. That, yeah, they need to get that in check. 115 shots he's he's faced this series, and he has given up. Uh, he's saved 107 of them. Not bad. So uh, you said that these guys are... are basically showing off their skills and maybe looking for a starting job next year. Yeah. Do you think that any of them could live up to anything? Because we've seen this throughout sports where a backup will do great and then they do get that shot and then they either don't live up to it or, or for whatever reason it's, it's just not the same. Well, the NHL is, is tricky because there's a lot of starting goalies that are mediocre in my opinion. Um and there's a lot of goalies that have really good regular seasons that can't produce in the playoffs. Mm. So are these guys guys Pain that are just going to play in the playoffs and not be good during the regular season? I don't know. Um, but Vasilevsky very well could be Tampa Bay's starter next year. Okay. And they could move Ben Bishop because this is a lot. Next year, I believe, is the last year for Ben Bishop on his contract. Um, Victor Hudman, I believe, is a free agent next year, not this year, and Stamkos is a free agent this year. Okay. Um, all of them, I believe, is un- are unrestricted. So if you pay Ben Bishop, uh, you're, you, you're going to get rid of Vesileski and probably go with Gudulevsky as the backup. Um, but a cheaper route, if you think he's going to be good, if you think he's got the potential, is is for Steve Eiserman to go with Vasilevsky and and either trade or um, just let Bishop's contract run out. I think they I think that he'd trade him though, try to get something for him. Yeah, that's what um, they do. It's going to be very interesting next year, to, this off season and next off season to see what uh, Eiserman does over there in Tampa Bay. Cool. Um, OKC Golden State, interesting series so far. You know what? It really is. Um, so I was watching the game one, and, ah, uh, man, I didn't see it all. I stopped watching somewhere in the fourth. And I thought Golden State was going to win it, and I can't remember what I did, but I went to go do something else. And uh, I looked at the score the next day, and I said, oh, okay, so Golden State is up one nothing. Big, big, predictable. That's what I said. That's what I thought. And then, like, I think it took me a whole nother day, and I looked at the score again, and I saw that OKC was actually up one nothing. I yeah. was like, oh, OKC won. Oh, well, this changes everything. So Charles Barkley on, on Inside the NBA has said that he thinks that Oklahoma City has the most talent in the NBA. He just thinks that uh, they don't use them like they should. Well, I don't know if they're using them like they should still. It doesn't really look like it, but... Uh, they're they're definitely showing that they do have the, some of the best talent in the NBA. Uh, I've always liked Stephen Adams, their center. Uh, Kendrick Perkins is is or I'm I'm sorry, Kendrick Perkins. <laughs> I did not mean to say that. I meant to say Serge Ibaka. Uh, he's he's still showing that he he can be Serge Ibaka. 
Um, that's what they call him. Yeah. Uh, it's clever. It, it's. Oh, and then of course Enos Cantor is a as a as a offensive beast. He he can't play defense for. He's the ghost in the post, basically. But um, his porn stash. Yeah, that's right. What's up with you, Thunder, over there? You're growing them freaky-ass mustaches. Is it just because you're in Oklahoma and that's what you do? I don't know. Maybe it's a cowboy thing. That's what I think it is. It's really kind of creepy. I thought that. I was telling Aaron, Stephen Adams actually looks like he's auditioning for The Last Samurai 2. That's what he looks like to me. You know, Stephen Adams is uh, he's, uh, Australian, right? Is he Australian? or No, he's from New Zealand. Right. And uh, you know what they do in New Zealand, don't you? What do you mean? They play rugby. Oh, yeah, that's right. And uh, I'm putting it right in the middle of your speech. Um, We're coming out with a rugby episode soon. It's another how-to slash history of... And this one actually genuinely is going to be a lot of history of rugby, not just how to play. Yeah. Okay, back to basketball. Um, I just thought it was a good tie-in because, you know, he, he's from New Zealand. He, he actually used to play rugby yeah, two when com- he was a kid. Two completely different countries, two completely different sports. It ties in together perfectly. Anyway, uh, it's, it's, it's impressive. Um, they did lose Game 2, so the series is tied going to Oklahoma City. Uh, I did not expect Oklahoma City to, to win at Golden State at all. I thought maybe they'd win at home, but I did not expect them to win in the Oracle so that was pretty surprising to me, uh, especially with Curry and everyone else playing. But um, I don't know, man. It's it's everyone was saying that OKC is a low percentage to win this thing, and I still think Golden State's going to win. But Oklahoma City to me has proven that they're they're no joke. Like they sh- we should have been paying attention to them throughout the regular season as well as uh, the Warriors and Spurs. What do you think about this series? Um, I think that what it really is, um, and you, you say what you will, call me what you will, I think a big big portion of it is Billy Donovan. I think he's a fantastic coach. I think what he has done, what he did in Florida um, with, with that basketball program and then come into OKC and, and what he's doing with, uh, with these guys is, uh, um, I, I, I just think he's a really good coach. I and, guess you and, Go ahead. I guess you have to give credit to the coach because, um, well, you know, he's the head coach. But I, I don't think, see, to me, I don't think he's that good of a coach because I don't think he's utilizing all of his talent that, that he has. I, like like I said before, it's just a lot of one-on-one ball. They changed that a little bit in the playoffs, but in the regular season it was Westbrook driving or pulling up for a three or Kevin Durant dribbling around and then shooting a three. It's They don't utilize their talent and. Uh, Billy Donovan was actually quoted as saying something like, uh, "Westbrook's Westbrook, and I'm I'm not gonna I'm just I'm just gonna let him do him," which to me doesn't sound like a good coach. Well, maybe it is though, because if you got a guy like Westbrook who can go out and do all these crazy things, he can put up points, he can do assists, he can, you know, do a hell of a post game interview. Uh, <laughs> you know, like he, sometimes you just gotta let. Guys be guys. I mean, you let LeBron be LeBron. You let Kobe be Kobe. You know. But but LeBron to me is a good leader on the basketball court. He he looks to get guys involved and things like that. He plays like a point guard. But Westbrook, I mean, even Larry Brown had some control over Ivers, Iverson. It was tough, but he he still convinced Iverson that you need everybody on the team to win. Yeah, I don't disagree. But I think then again, West- Larry Brown was a great coach. <laughs> I think Russell Westbrook does do a good job of getting everyone involved. I mean, he get he does get a lot of assists. But but to me that doesn't assists don't show anything. Cuz I I can get assists for off you if you uh if the if I dribble the clock down, there's 2 seconds left and I throw it to you and then you happen to make a 3. You know, I could get assists all night doing that, getting lucky like that, but to me assists don't show anything. I don't think he looks to get guys involved. I just think he he'll pass to Kevin Durant or a wide open guy for three, and, and that's that's how he gets his assists. It's uh, I mean, I'm not looking for him to be like Rajon Rondo or anything like that, but he uh, so uh, last year he averaged 28 points per game um, to go with eight, eight assists and uh, 7.3, well 8.6 actually assists, 7.3 rebounds and 2.1 steals. So. This year, he comes back and he puts up 23.5 points per game with two assists, uh, 10.4. So he averaged a double-double this season. Yeah. 
and he he upped his rebounds to 7.8 on average per game. Um, and and the, he had the same exact average of minutes last year and this year, 34.4. Um, also, taking something you got to take into account is last year he, he didn't play a full season. Um, he only played no. 67 games. Mm-hmm. But... Um, but I, I think that, you know, he, he is a good all-around player. Now, I, I do think that he's not very good at in the clutch. I don't think he can hit free throws when he needs to. And um, I think that I, what I, one thing I really hate about him is how I feel like he could play soccer. He could play international soccer for Brazil. Um, I feel like he flops and grabs his face <laughs> all the time. Between the San Antonio series and the uh, Golden State series, I've probably seen him grab his face about ten times. It's ridiculous. Well, it's the NBA. But this is interesting because I believe just last week you were talking about how you don't think he's that good of a player. <laughs> now you're completely did a three uh, one eighty. Um, so what I was saying last week is is that. I don't think he's a, a good leader. I don't think that he is good at uh, in the clutch. And I think to be a really good... I think that if Durant leaves, Russell Westbrook isn't going to be putting up the numbers he's got. Um, really? But but having having Durant to get 10 assists per game or whatever, you know, he, he's, he's got... He's got Options, I guess, yes. is, is my point. If you start taking away some of those options, if Durant leaves and and if some of the other guys, you know, leave or get traded, how good is he going to be? I don't know. I don't think he's going to be that good. I don't think he's going to be a Steve Nash. No, no, no. He won't be I don't a think Steve he's going to be a Jason Kidd. But he, see, if Kevin Durant leaves, I think uh, his shooting percentage will go down, but his points will go up. Well, kind of like uh, Carmelo Anthony. Well, yeah, because they don't have the two-headed snake then. Right. I mean, so obviously his points will go up, but, you know. Oh, you said he's not good in the clutch also, which I agree with, but the one thing I do like about him is he doesn't shy away from those moments or those uh, opportunities. He wants to be the guy to take the last shot, even though he chooses bad shot selections. Yeah, I think I, I think which he's, I which I like in players. I, I like that in star players. You want to you you want the team to live and die off you, which I kind of like. In the two series I've watched, I think that he um, uh, grabs his face too much. That, that's my <laughs> take. Yeah, well, like I said, it's the NBA; they all do it. But so, all, they're all going for Oscars. But going back to Billy Donovan, um, sure. You know, you you had I say that he, uh, the coach does matter. Um, be, and he, he can affect a game to the point, because I'm a Spurs fan, so I've got Pop that I right. look at. Yeah. And how many coaches have faced Pop in the playoffs in, let's say, an elimination game and been fired the next day? <laughs> yeah. You know, Pop makes or breaks coaches. He, what was that statistic we found out when we were watching that? Uh... He is 2 for 10. Uh, in his career in the playoffs when facing elimination on the road. That's cra- oh, on the road. Oh. I thought it was overall. I was going to say, that's crazy. I believe it's on the road. It was on the road. I could be wrong. You want to get into baseball now? Yes, this week in baseball. Pretty cool, it's, huh? It's been an interesting week. Um, so first, um, a few big news topics, okay? So the Chicago White Sox, do you know what happened yesterday? Uh, no, I was working. Chicago White Sox got a second triple play this year. Oh, really? They did? Yes. I saw that first one. That was crazy. Their first one was April 22nd against the Texas Rangers. Um, that one, you know, was your typical 9-3-2-6-2-5 triple play. <laughs> yeah. You know, the basic. Right. Um, Everyone does that. <laughs> the, the second one was, uh, of course, yesterday, and, uh... They went a more conventional route with just a 5-4-3 triple play. Um, grounder right to the third baseman. He stepped on third, threw it down to the second baseman, threw it down to first, got the triple play. How, how bad do you feel as the batter when you get a triple play hit on you? Um, probably pretty bad. I mean, it's... it's I, I don't know if it would be much worse than a double play. Oh, it's because, way worse. Well, it is, but it's you gotta not. you got to get three outs. Because... Because on a play like, like uh, I can't remember who it was that hit into the triple play, but but on a play like he did, the the third baseman just happened to be closer to the line. If there's no one on second, he wouldn't have been that close to the line. It probably would have been a base hit. 
You know, it's one of those things. Okay. You you can or at least, yeah, that makes sense. Whether or not that's true, you can at least rationalize it in your head and be like, you know what, that's the only reason he got to it. But if I saw that happening, because so. I used to be fast when I played baseball, so if I saw that happening, I was like, oh, there's no way in hell you're going to get triple play off me. I'm running as hard as I can. Well, I'm pretty sure he did anyway. But um, the last time the White Sox turned two triple plays in one season was in 2006. They did that twice. They did it in 2006. Wow. The last time it happened. Was a good year. The last time it happened in Major League Baseball was 2007 with the Phillies. Huh. Um, this is one of my favorite stats. If you're ever doing sports trivia, like at a bar, this is my favorite one to bring up. Okay. Um, on July, and I, I did not know, I knew the year, I did not know the exact date until yesterday. On July 17, 1990, the Minnesota Twins played the Boston Red Sox and became the first and only team to turn two triple plays in the same game. Wow. Both went 5-4-3. <laughs> the Twins lost the game one nothing. Aw. That's why no one remembers it. Based on what I could find, based on my research, no team has ever turned three triple plays in one season. Um, but if you go back and look, in, and I went back to like the, God, what was it, the 1870s, yeah. 1880s, something like that, right. where, where you thought maybe that would have had, had happened. Sure. Um, there was a team that got two in one season and then won the very next season. Oh. But it was not all in the same season. So, even with all the crazy baseball uh, records that you can look up from oh, the yeah. 1800s, uh, still no one had, has done three. Um, the big news that I'm sure everyone's heard about, or at least if you're listening to a sports talk show um, or, or internet radio show, you probably have heard about it, was the Texas Rangers finally doing what everyone knew they were going to do and hit Jose Bautista. Mm -hmm. um, the reason, Literally. The reason everyone did this, or everyone knew this, was because Bautista in the playoffs last year hit a monster, monster home run. Important, too. And... Uh, uh, tossed his bat off to the side, and baseball players are bitches, and so they got their panties in a bunch because the the guy tossed his bat after a home run. White, Amer um, white American baseball players. What American baseball players were mad about that? Because that's what they do in in uh, in the uh, Central America. That's what Jose Batista's argument was. Whenever something like that happens, like even a pitcher, he'll he'll taunt a little bit, or or if you hit a home run, they'll flip the bat or whatever. So the dude who was complaining about it was uh, some some dude from America, and over here you don't do that. Well, yeah, it's an unwritten rule in Major League Baseball. So if you're a Major League here, Baseball though, fan, only here, though. yeah, Major League Baseball. Well, it's that, it's half Cuban. It's, it's not called Major League Baseball in in the Dominican Republic. It's not called Major League Baseball in Cuba. I'm specifically talking about Major League Baseball. I'm just defending him. And, I didn't think it was a big deal. And furthermore, Jose Bautista said that he didn't realize he did it last year because he was so, like, like in awe that he actually right. got the home run. My point is, this is a stupid thing to get your panties in a bunch about. Mm -hmm. If you don't want the guy to flip his bat after a home run, don't give him the home run. It's that simple. Well, it's easier said than done. No, it's that simple. But anyway, um, so the Texas Rangers finally hit Jose Bautista. Mm -hmm. um, then... Uh, Bautista ends up sliding hard in, and arguably late into second base trying to break up a double play. Um, Rugned I believe I'm saying that right. Rugned Odor, um, the Rangers second baseman who made the turn of the double play, yeah. uh, shoved Bautista and then landed a right hand to Bautista's face. Yeah, he did. Bautista's helmet and glasses came off. And he took... Punched the helmet off of him. He took a... <laughs> yeah, the glasses. I just that. That's crazy, dude. He took he took a step or two back, and by the time he reset himself to go after Odor, Adrian Beltre was already holding him back. Um, I think I think Bautista probably would have thrown a punch or two, not just the stupid slapping thing that they normally do. Yeah, the hugging thing. Um, a lot of disciplinary action came came out of this. The only two f that were of note for me was Odor received an eight game suspension for hitting Bautista and John Gibbons, uh, the Toronto coach. Or manager, sorry. Oh, don't do that. Received what? Don't hit a manager. Uh, no, he didn't. He didn't hit anyone. Oh, no. John Gibbons received a three-game suspension for coming back onto the field after already being ejected <laughs> from the game. Um, but Bryce Harper got one. You you can't do that. Um, I have two major problems with the whole situation. Sure. First, when Rugnet Odor threw the ball down to the, to first base, he lowered his arm angle and tried to hit Bautista in the face with the ball. 
You don't do that. Never is it a, is there ever an excuse to purposely try to hit someone in the face with a ball. Only once. Never. Yes. No. Well, only one. Taika. No. Taika used to try to hurt you when he it's, would slide. It's never okay to throw a ball at someone's face. Odor actually has a history of dropping his arm angle um, and, huh. and, and throwing it like that. Um, you actually can look up some highlights of him turning double plays, and some guys will start crawling on the ground. Really? Because they think they're going to get hit in the face <laughs> by, by Odor. Um, the second issue I have with this is the Texas Rangers, quote-unquote, got their revenge, if you will. Yes. The very last plate appearance of the very last game that they're going to face uh, the, the Blue Jays. If they wanted to do it, they should have done it first time they saw Bautista. If you want to say the team... Teams like to wait until they're at home in front of their own fans to do it. Okay, that's fine. But then it should have been done on Friday in his first at-bat, the first at-bat that you saw him, not on Sunday in his very last at-bat. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. You got to build, build that suspense. Everyone knew, he, everyone knew they were going to hit him. You're dang right they did. You hit him, you get it done, and, and let's, let's get past it. What kind of season finale is that? It's like a TV show. It's not a TV show. Well, it's like a TV show. <sighs> Do you have anything else on this? Uh, no, I, like I said, I, I thought it was hilarious to see Jose Batista get punched in slow motion. I could watch that on loop for hours. Now, I, I have to say, I'm a fan of the fight. Don't get me wrong. And it wasn't much of a fight because Beltre got in there. But I'm one of the types of... of uh, I like that I'm some... one of the types of, of sports fans that enjoys physical play. I like fighting. I love fighting in hockey. Um, when I was younger and living on my own and didn't have a girlfriend or anything, I would sit... And play my NHL 09 mm-hmm. or NHL 10 while watching HockeyFights.com every night. <laughs> and I watched every single hockey fight that year that happened from 09 and, and 10. Um, so I, I like that. I liked in the 80s when basketball players Ooh. would just get on fight, get Ooh. in fights and throw elbows. Those were fights. I love those. Everyone did. Um, I love when, uh, I believe it was Nolan Ryan put Jesse Ventura in a headlock and punched him in the head. <laughs> I love these things, so I'm okay with Odor punching him. Poor Jim Carrey. I don't care that he punched him. I don't like that he tried to throw the ball in his face, and I want more baseball fights to be that way, actually, instead of just running up and hug- and slapping at each other like little girls, and then, yeah. and then everyone hugging, and the bullpens jogging out there, and by the time <laughs> the bullpen gets there, they turn around and go back in. It's stupid. Yeah. Well, uh, that's, that's... I'm a proponent of... I like villains. I like bad guys. I like fighting. You like bad boys. Um, yeah, he... The reason why I was so shocked about this in the first place was because I, I saw it on Espen, and they they showed a punch in Major League Baseball, and that that's what... That, it shocked me because I was like, oh my god, somebody actually hit somebody in baseball? Because that never happens. Like you said, they just go around hugging each other and do the little slap fights. So that's why I was shocked, but then, you know, I got over it. Do you think that... Now, you surprised me right there when you said that you're into hockey fights. Because to me, knowing you, that that would be something that you would say, "Oh, it's just dumb, dumb fans." That's why dumb fans like, because you you know you sound like that. That's why dumb yeah. fans uh, like hockey, just so you can see them fights. And I'd be like, "But Aaron, I mean, what? I don't get it." No, that's exactly what I like. I love hockey. That's fights. crazy. Do you think every sport should do that? There are so many different reasons that people don't understand why the hockey fight happens. It's not just because two guys decide they want to fight. It's for momentum. It's to protect your stars. It's to protect other players. The The times that I don't like hockey fights are when there's a completely 100% clean and legal hit and you go after the guy that hit your guy. Huh. That's when I think it's stupid. If it's a clean hit and you've your rookie is going through center ice with his head down and... and um, I don't know. I'm gonna go back. I'm gonna freight trained. I'm gonna go back to the '90s and say Scott Stevens takes his head off. I'm okay with that. Now, now that that's kind of a bad example because a lot of the hits that Scott Stevens did would be illegal now, and he'd be uh. getting suspended. But still, Scott Stevens <laughs> is by far the best checker ever in NHL history, and I'll I'll debate anyone on that one. Um, but he he. Uh, 
he never got in fights because of the hits he he hit. Um, I, I shouldn't say never, but but most of the time in that day and age, because hockey or because fighting was like an actual thing you did, um, and right. it was allowed, and Gary Bettman wasn't trying to eradicate it from the game. Um, you wouldn't you wouldn't go after him. What you would do is settle up with the the other team's tough guy. Do you uh, do you want to move on, or can I yeah. say a little story? As a short story. Well, it's up to you. This is your show. I'm uh, just living it. <laughs> I, uh, I have a coworker now um, at my new job who he told me in high school he made varsity as a freshman for hockey. And he was telling me about the time when he broke his, um, shoot, man, something, I think it was something in the abdomen. Okay. Anyway, the way that he broke it was, uh, he was, he was skating around and like you said, just put his head down and he said, all he remembers is seeing skates. Uh, on the ice and he says oh shit and then he gets hit and and, and he's by the bench he's by his bench like getting ready to I think go out of the game maybe I I can't remember but he gets hit he he says he hits over the wall he lands on the bench and slides over and hits the wall Uh, (laughs) and so he had like a little concussion too from it and everything that's a hell of a hit well he was also like 100 and he said 115 pounds and so the dude who hit him could you know obviously just throw him over the wall like that but uh that was just a little story. Shout out to Swede. That was Swede. Yeah, keep your head up. You know, you don't <laughs> yeah. don't put your head down. He's you're, like, you're I just see skates. I just see skates, and I was like, oh shit. <laughs> um, I want to talk about the Tigers sucking, and um, it's a weekly tradition. Monday is was the the perfect example for me. Um, <sighs> which on, one was that? On Monday, the Tigers played. The team that is now currently tied for the worst record in oh. all of baseball, the Minnesota Twins. Yeah. At the time, they didn't have it. Atlanta was. But still, they were very close to being tied for the worst team. Um, the Twins gave up eight runs to yep. the Tigers in the first inning. Eight runs. I saw this game. The Tigers then went on to give up the lead and not score again until the, the seventh inning, the bottom of the seventh. And who was pitching? When the game was eight to eight. I don't care who was pitching. What a joke. What a joke. How do you score eight runs in the first and barely squeak out a 10-8 to eight win? It's absolutely ridiculous. Aaron, I swear to God, I'm not just saying this because of what happened. They After their eighth run was scored and they got the final out in the first inning to end their uh, reign, I said to myself, they're going to lose this game. Yeah. And, and Jordan Zimmerman was pitching too, and I still said they're going to lose this game. Granted, I thought it was going to be the bullpen. But, yeah, Jordan Zimmerman, I think, uh, he didn't give up eight earned runs. There was a lot of errors. But still, they, they lose he, the lead. He actually ended up with seven earned runs. Yeah. He gave up eight runs, uh, seven earned. That's crazy, yeah. man. Um, absolutely ridiculous. But the Tigers did win. I thought they were going to lose. But it's it's the perfect, like, snapshot of the Tigers' season. Yep. yep. Um, now, don't, don't get me wrong. They did what they're supposed to do, and they beat the worst team in the MLB. So, great. They swept them. Super-duper. Clap, 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 clap. But they still almost lost the first game to him. And the second game even capitalizes on it. You know what happened in the second game? What's that? Justin Verlander was pitching and sh- almost shut them out. He gave up one run in a complete game effort. Mm-hmm. Tigers got shut out. Yeah. When when your starting pitcher holds somebody holds the other team to one run, you shouldn't be losing those games. Yeah. In a complete game. Also, a little uh, segue here. Congratulations to Justin Brooks Verlander. He got his... 2000th and oh, that's 2000 strikeout in that game. Yeah, I think he has 2004 now. Him and uh, who's the other one? That's 2000 in Tiger history. I can't remember his name. Jack Morris? No, no, he Lolich. Yeah, yeah, Mickey Lolich. He he and Mickey Lolich are the only Tigers to have 2000 strikeouts. So I guess I should have known it wasn't Jack Morris. You you should just start saying clap clap instead of actually clapping. I hate when you do that. <laughs> It's got to be terrible for the listener to, to hear. I just It's got to be bad. If you guys have a problem with that, email us. got to be bad audio. Um, or, you know, just text us because most of you have our numbers. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but y- you wanted to talk about something else that happened in that game. In the Verlander game? No, the the game Monday. Um, did I? What, what did I want? Osmus getting thrown out. Oh, that was that game? Yeah. I thought it was the third one. No, that was that game. He got thrown out in the fourth inning. After Nick Castellanos got um, uh, my boy rang up on on strikes, mm-hmm. go ahead. 
What'd you want to say? He he just he comes out storming and uh, in classic com- comedic manager style throws his uh, jacket over home plate before he before he leaves after yeah. he gets ejected. I thought that was kind of funny. Yeah. He, who who is the uh, who is the Seattle manager who picked up the bases and was throwing them? He was a uh, a minor league manager. Oh, was he? And he was the Braves, I believe, minor league oh. ma- manager. Yeah. I love um, that video. Yep. And he uh, he started doing uh, like the he used the rosin bag as a grenade and he was crawling <laughs> up to the to the pitcher's yeah. mound. Yeah. Yeah. I mean that's just putting on a show <laughs> at that point. I love it. Um, Osmus came out of the dugout swearing up a storm. The ref or the um, um we talk about too many sports. <laughs> the the umpire was clearly saying he, I don't know if it was saying I'm miked or he's miked, but he kept saying something miked, something miked, and right. Osmus kept swearing. I don't effing care. I don't effing care. Um, and so he ended up getting suspended for that, too. Uh, didn't he get suspended for a game, I believe? Um, but there's a couple re- there's a couple reasons why I think he, he ended up coming out and arguing. First, he, had, he said that seven guys came back complaining about balls and strikes. Right. Um, That's what I heard. Minnesota Twins were also complaining about balls and strikes. So it wasn't just that he was doing it one way. It's that the home plate umpire had a terrible night. That's just all there is to it. He had a bad night. If both teams right. are complaining about you, I mean, at least you're consistent, but it's a bad night. <laughs> yeah. Um, but he also, I think, did it um, because Castellanos was about to get ring- or got, get thrown out. I think that um, the way that it looked to me was that the home plate umpire was throwing out Castellanos, and then Osmus came out of the dugout, and, hmm. and the home plate umpire got confused and was like, maybe I should just throw him out instead. <laughs> I, that's what it looked like to me. Um, but the other reason is, is um, that the day before, or maybe it was the day of, in the pregame press conference, he was getting asked questions about you know his job and how he's in the, on the hot seat. And, right. and he actually said, look, guys... And in fairness, the reporter was doing her job, and it's a reporter that sure. doesn't travel with the team, so so when she got the chance to ask him, she needed to ask him, right. and he did his job by shutting down the question. Mm-hmm. All he basically said was, look, look, this isn't a hot... I'm paraphrasing it. This isn't what he said exactly. I'm not quoting, but he basically said, look, it's not a hot take. Everyone knows that my job's up in jeopardy. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk about the game. We don't need to talk about my job. Um so there's a lot of times that I think both the the person asking the question and the manager can both be right, and I think this is one of those situations because she had to ask that Jennifer Hammond had to ask that question, and Osmus had to shut it down the way he did. Because I mean, how much more can he say about it? Yeah, uh, to piggyback on what you said a couple weeks ago, uh, I don't, I don't think Osmus is ready to be a manager. And that being said, I don't dislike him. I don't hate him. I don't want him to never be a manager. I just don't I think do. he's ready to be a manager right now, like you said. And uh, he, what was I going to say about about the game specifically when he uh, got ejected? Um, oh, a lot of Detroit sports fans, when he first started, they were like, well, the dude's not passionate. The dude's not passionate. He's not going out there. He's not yelling this, that, and the other. And uh, to me, you don't have to be a great baseball manager to, or, I'm sorry, you don't have to get ejected to be a great baseball manager. To me, it's just something that happens in it throughout a career. It's just you're going to get heated, you're going to get fired up in a long 162-game season. You're going to get upset, and so you're going to get ejected. But I don't think that's the mark of a of a passionate manager who can light up a team. I mean, Leland did it, but he was hilarious when he used to get ejected. All right, so we're starting to go long, but I want to get this game in. Yeah, let's do this. Because I'm turning the tables on you, and I'm asking you... Questions. Uh oh. A game where I get to play it? Now, essentially, what this is going to be is bullshit or no shit, but it's not called that because I'm too mature for it. Um, (laughs) No, I'm kidding. Kidding. Um, What I'm going to do is give you a sports related fact about a famous actor or singer in in these cases. That's not what it's always going to be. and uh, and then I'm going to give you two names. You have to tell me which one the fact is about. Oh. Okay. I thought of trying to do this a couple different ways, okay. and this is the way that I thought you would get the most answers. We got a name um, for this game? No. Oh, man. I'll think of one later. No, that's okay. We got it. Um, so this person uh, reportedly has a handicap. I'm talking golf here. Uh, this person reportedly has a handicap of 8.6. 
which ranks in the top 25 of Golf Digest's latest rankings of celebrity golfers. And he claims to have four holes in one. Okay. Is it Matthew McConaughey or Bradley Cooper? Uh, I'm going to guess Coops. It is Matthew McConaughey. <gasps> what? No way. If anyone gets why I'm you saying it You can play golf that, with no shirt on? If anyone gets why I'm saying it that way, hats off to you. Um... This singer right. owns part of a prof- all right, all right, all right. <laughs> This singer owns part of a professional soccer team and once tried out for a professional soccer team before becoming a singer. Huh. He's been quoted as saying, uh, "This is just off the top of my head because I know this. No, ladies, he has said this. Okay. He's been quoted as saying, "I do two things good: play football, and because you know he's English. Mm-hmm. I think he's English." Um, play football and uh, and sing. No, <laughs> he says that's all okay. he does good is play right. football and sing. Well, is it Gordon Sumner? Do you know who that is? No, that is Sting. Oh, okay. Is it Gordon Sumner or Rod Stewart? Oh, oh no. Oh, I'm gonna guess Rod Stewart. It is Rod Stewart. Yeah, yes. there we go. Yes, he's he, very good at singing. Um, now it was reported there's a he can play. So- he owns a soccer team. Part of part of one. Oh, yeah. like Major Johnson. Um, he may own the whole thing, but I think it's just part of one. Oh. Um, uh, but his thing is that, um, it, it used to be that he made the team and he was a professional soccer player and gave it up to be a singer. But in his autobiography, I can't remember when it came out, he, he said, no, that that's just not true. He tried out for the team and never got a call back. Ah. Um, which of these two Hollywood tough guy actors competed in the 1990 Commonwealth Games and the 1992 World Championship of Diving for their home country. Vin Diesel or Jason Statham? Oh, you know what? No, I'm going Jason Statham. <laughs> Why? Because fuck Vin Diesel. <laughs> is that your only reason? Yeah. Well, you're right. It is Jason Statham. All right, good. Um, by the way, he came in 12th in the 1992 World Championship nice. of Diving. Nice. Um, not, not nice. That's terrible. And then he showed everybody that he lost to. Which TV funny man played soccer in college and even led his William and Mary's team to the ECAC tournament championship and a spot in the NCAA tournament before having a knee injury that uh, ended his professional uh, uh, dreams? John Stewart or Stephen Colbert? Oh man, uh, I'm sorry. I just don't think Stephen Colbert has an athletic bone in his body, so I'm going to guess John Stewart. Stephen Colbert made... What? You didn't let me finish. Stephen Colbert made his own boat. Okay. If he can make his own boat and sail, you don't think that he can play soccer? No. What, where, where's the correlation there? He... Well, you... First of all, <laughs> to be a good sailor, you have to be athletic. Are you telling me there's Tom a, Hanks was, was of... learning to play soccer as he was trying to get off that island? Look, there's a lot of shit about sailing that people don't understand. Okay. I'm just saying. Water sports don't get the, the do that... The just... Uh, water sports don't get the respect that they deserve. And you just wait for the next America's Cup. I believe it's coming up next year. I'm reporting on it. Okay. It was Jon Stewart. Um, <laughs> which pretty boy... Tried out for the Cincinnati Reds when he was 16. George Clooney or Rob Lowe? Oh, it's got to be Rob Lowe. George Clooney. What? Yes. I don't think hey, he's athletic either. Three for three. Apparently, George Clooney was really, really good at baseball. Really? Yeah, suppo- hmm. supposedly. Um, you got three right, two wrong. Nice. Good job. That's a pass. So, do you like that game? Oh, I love that game. Okay. I so wish you would have had a catchy name. Because but... like I said, there's a couple different ways I was going to do it, and I thought that was that would be the best way. Um, but I can't remember who... I didn't include them in this game, but I can't remember who I had heard a, an interesting fact about that made me start looking up celebr- celebrities that were good at sports or could have gone professional in sports. Mm. But uh, Rod Stewart, because I'm a soccer fan, Rod Stewart's the one that I always That's cool. uh, think about. Okay, so I got um, games to watch. And it's not just this week, it's like the upcoming weeks. Um, you want to look out for them. Um, the men's U.S. soccer team has a game Sunday, May 22nd at 12 p.m. on FSN1. Uh, it is Puerto Rico. Wednesday, uh, May 25th at 7 p.m. on ESPN2 with El- uh, Ecuador. 
And then Saturday, May 28th at 7 on e, uh, on FS1 versus Bolivia. And that's going to be their last warm-up game before the Copa America group stage, which uh, their games for that are June 3rd, 7th, and 11th. Um, I'll, I'll update you a little more on the Copa America um, schedule when, when uh, we get closer. Please. The women's soccer team has a, a has two games with Japan, June 2nd at 7 on FSN1 and June 5th at 12.30 um, on ESPN2. And then um, they, of course, have the Olympics coming up in August, and I'm sure they're going to figure out one or two more friendlies before, uh, before the Olympics. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then, of course, you've, you've got NBA and NHL playoffs. Yeah, don't worry about the Eastern Conference. Just watch the Spurs and uh, Thunder. Do you have any games that we need to watch out for? Uh, well, yeah, actually. You know, watch OKC and Golden State. I don't think they play again until next year uh, because that's how long the NBA playoffs are. But uh, when that happens, definitely check them out. That was clever. I like that. Uh, we'd like to thank Bensound.com for our theme song for the use of our intro and outro music. You can follow us on Facebook and Twitter at ArmchairQBSShow. We also have an email at armchairqbsshow at gmail.com. And if you're a talented singer who's trying to be a professional NBA player, uh, please subscribe to us and leave a review on iTunes and tell your other entertainer friends who are trying to be athletes. Yeah, or if you're just like anyone, you can leave a review on iTunes. You can also find us on soundcloud.com slash armchairquarterbacks. And if you want to support the show and uh, help us out, you can go to patreon.com slash armchairquarterbacks. There we have different rewards set up for you, such as uh, if you spend X amount of money, we'll give you a shout-out. You can pick what we what you want us to talk about on the show. So we'll go there and support the show. Thank you so much. Aaron, do you have anything else you want to say? Milk was a bad choice. Episode 14 in the books. <laughs> <laughs>